This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon Damer. Larry, how we feeling, my man? So, Gordon, I, you know that fla- uh, imp- impersonation is the sincerest form of flattery? Uh-huh. I, you, I you've heard, heard that, right? Yes. Okay. Gordon, I walked into my studio, mm-hmm. and my wife was sitting behind the mic doing the intro for ESPN New York tonight. I think she thinks I should be replaced. Well, look, my wife, you know, we, my wife, the, one of the few arguments we've ever had was somebody asked me, you know, if you, if you ran a radio station, what would you do, blah, blah, blah. And uh, my wife was like, well, you'd give me a show, right? I said, no, I would not give you a show. It's a, oh, it would be a sports station. Oh, yeah. uh-oh. <laughs> oh. This was very early oh. on in the marriage. I, I le- look, I made that mistake once. I have not made oh. it again. Yeah, no. I, so yeah, how I was, was it that the, the uh, did they leave the light on for you at the Motel 6? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a rough one. And she still, oh. she still harbors resentment because every sure. once in a while, something will come up and somebody will say something about, you know, running this or running that. And she will, out of the blue, without missing a beat, without, uh, without a second passing, mm-hmm. you know, he would not give me a show if he owned his own radio station. So oh. those scars are deep, Larry. They're deep. And she, she, she says it not the way you said it. No, not she at all. She says it like... She, like, put, it, she put a little oh. stank on it, as they exactly. say, you know? Oh, yes. she, she made it like he, I, like he would rather give it like to some <laughs> right. anybody else rather than me. Right. <laughs> exactly. I, I I just couldn't believe this. I think I I walked in and she was just doing the open. Hey, look, the more the merrier, right? Let's make it a family affair. Let's do it. <laughs> wow, oh, I'm a little careful. I may have. Yeah. To, I may be cooking now, Gordon. We may be switching roles. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. Oh, we got a lot to talk about. As I mentioned, we'll talk Knicks and Nets next hour. Gordon, you've been saying that. I got to give you credit. We'll tee it up for next hour. We'll get more involved in this. Kevin Durant. Not knowing when he's going to return, uh, this is a this is getting a little concerning. It's a hamstring. It's not like, I mean, he's been out long. Hey, Gordon, <laughs> Aaron Boone had heart surgery. He's been back. Right, has, has had the surgery. <laughs> found out about the surgery. Had the surgery. Is back in the time that uh, that uh, that Kevin Durant has been sidelined. And look, we don't have an end date, right? No. We have no, we have no idea when he's coming back. No, so. and that's the thing, right? We don't. It's not even that we don't have an end date. We have no idea when that end date might be. Going for more tests. I know. I don't know. Here's, here's what we maybe know. Maybe because I'm a Yankee fan, that doesn't sound good. No, it, it's flashbacks, right? Right. <laughs> you're, you're right. He's living the Yankee life at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's yeah. the Yes Network. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. You never know. It could be. Uh, a little later, we'll give you an update. It was. I'll say this. Before we get into our topics of uh, Giants and Jets, I will say this. It was it seemed to be a bit more civil discussion for the ESPN New York Tonight TV theme throwdown today. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like it had a little bit more of uh, it was a little bit more top heavy, right? Like you knew, you know, the bottom half of the draw is still a little bit of a work in progress. But the Mm -hmm. top half, it felt like it came together a little bit easier. Now, I will say you know, the age of some of the people on this selection committee is becoming an issue because some of these selections, not that they were included, but the placement of the selections 
did make me kind of scratch my head a little bit and think to myself, you know what? I should have just left this to me and Larry. You know what I mean? Me and Larry would have knocked this out. No problem. Every time Larry gives me his picks, I say, yeah, you know what? I might have them in maybe a little different order, but there mm-hmm. are, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, you know, same church, maybe different pew. But uh, right, right. when uh, some of the other selection committee uh, members uh, t- hit the, the old send, all of a sudden, oh boy, here we go. It, it, it's, and it's funny because it kind of gives you an idea of what you watched during right. that time. It, it does. I, it just gives you, it's like, I didn't realize how, and I'm not going to give it away, but I didn't mm-hmm. realize how much of one genre of show I watched <laughs> right. so much during right. that time. Yeah, well, you know, certain certain genres, they were the hot ones, right? I mean, yeah. they were the yeah. ones that uh, that uh, carried the day in the 70s and, and, and certainly in the 80s as well. So, uh uh, we will see how it all shakes down, and the uh, the the '70s will be unveiled on Monday. The '80s revealed on Tuesday. So, uh, and then we still got some work to do because that that 2000 and beyond that's going to be a battle royale. Yeah, yeah. There's no question about that. That that is going to be very very interesting. And the other thing I'll say about this is, I've had theme songs in my head for the whole day. I'm, not, I'm I've been re-singing themes. I, I just can't get rid of them now. There's a reason why they they are the ones that you remember, right? Once they get in there. Sometimes getting the information in is the hardest part. Once it's in there, it's in there for life. You can hear, you know, it's almost like uh, name that tune where you could hear like three notes of a theme song and be like, mm-hmm. boom, I know that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it as we get closer and closer. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and people are already – here's the thing that I love about it, Gordon. People are already – you know, tweeting us at Hardest mm-hmm. the ESPN mm-hmm. at Gordon Damon with their songs, and they're calling on the air, and and they have no inhibitions about sh- sharing a tone, sharing a tune with us. Yeah, no, singing. absolutely. That that's the beauty of it. You know, oh, getting people great. to hum a couple of bars of uh, this yeah. one or that one. You know, it's funny to me. I've seen a couple of tweets of, well, if it's not this or and that that's in the final, or if this doesn't ma- if this doesn't win the whole thing, it you know you, you got a problem. You, I'll tell you right now, I have no idea how this is going to go. Right. Nobody, this is so wide open. Nobody, I don't think, could have a real read. I mean, if if in a normal year in the NCAA tournament, there's usually what, maybe 10 teams, maybe 12 teams that could win it. Mm -hmm. I would say half the field of this could very well win the entire thing. Yeah, it's true. And so the phrase that you hear on the Michael K show, Monday through Friday, 255 to 7, who you're taking out. It's going, to be, it's going to be used a lot. It's, diffi- it's very difficult. <laughs> very difficult. It's taking the sele- – I'll, I'll let you inside this far. The selection committee has been struggling. <laughs> it's been struggling, right? They've been yeah. struggling. Yeah. It, it takes so a little while before you, you formulate the text of your vote and you say, well, if I'm voting for these five, I got to leave this one on the side. You know, it's very, yeah. very difficult. I, 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 re- I, I had to reconfigure my list probably about six times. Yeah, it's it's that hard, right? Because you can't. There's certain ones that you come down to it. You're like, how can I leave this out? I gotta find a spot, but you only have so many spots. So, by by the way, guys, we don't appreciate the shots here at the studio on the selection committee. Okay, look, I didn't name names. I didn't call you out by name. I, you know, you don't know who. Look, the the. It's almost like the Illuminati, the selection committee. You don't. Sometimes you're a member and, and, and you don't know all the other members. So I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily saying it was Jake or I'm not necessarily saying it was Brian, although Brian's late list was a little bit late. Uh, I'm just telling <laughs> so you that, you know, some people, <laughs> some people, <laughs> I, I looked at their list. I said, you know what? I can see, I can see the reasoning behind this. And then some other ones, I said, oh boy, here we go.
You know, I'm just saying. It's just from my point of view. You know, who, who what made me the expert, right? <laughs> Well, born in 1993, I will say I'm not the biggest 1970s TV guy. That's okay, the, but okay, look, but that that's might, why they have YouTube. Right, but look, that might be, you might be a better guide for that, right? Yes. Because if it survived the test of time exactly. to make it to you and you know it when you hear it, that's an indication that that's a great all-time theme song. Look at them bringing people together. No, you I are very right, there. That's what I do. <laughs> that's what I do. Look at them, just like that. I'm all, that's together. what I'm all about. We are no longer mad at you here in the studio. All right, good. Good to know. I'll take some more shots at you later. This is not fantasy football. Cut down the mistakes a second year. Gets hurt. He's young. It's like instant microwave. Put it in there. Push the buttons, and we want it right now. Every now and then, it's cool to put it on the fire in the stove and turn it on and let it cook. You don't have to do everything so damn fast. Just let it see where it's at. Next year or this year, when the season's over, let's start talking about what he is. Keyshawn Johnson on KJZ that you can hear Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. A little updates from Gordon Damer here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. And you know what, Gordon? I'll say this about Keyshawn. He is consistent. He says he said the same thing about Sam Donald. Give him time. He's saying the same thing about Daniel Jones. And in one sense, I understand. Okay, because we right now when we look at our young quarterbacks, we kind of compare them. Okay, and all quarterbacks are not created equal. So some are a little ahead of the game. Some may have because of what they've seen. Maybe they process information faster. Maybe they've got they've got better talent around them. So there's different variables, right? But in this case, I understand giving Daniel Jones time because he's going into his third year. Sam Darnold is in a different situation. Because he's going into his fourth year, and he has to get paid in year number five. So you, and you have the second pick in the draft. Exactly. And you, you've got the second pick in the, in the draft, and you hope not to be in that position again so you won't have an opportunity to get a quarterback that big, that good. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, uh, we, we can talk it to uh, we're blue in the face, you know. For people that watch Sam Darnold week in and week out, uh, he was not a good quarterback. I, 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 look, I know he's not working with the best talent, uh, but you would like to believe that there would be some level of consistency after three years. And the only thing that's consistent is the mistakes that he makes. The same mistakes that he made in year one are the same mistakes that he made this past year. Now, I'm not telling you he had a great coach. I'm not telling you he had great receivers. I'm not telling you he had a great team around him. But you would think that if he were this franchise quarterback that he has been billed as since the moment he was drafted, and that I believed, I thought it was the right pick at number three. You take the quarterback there. You solve that issue. Absolutely. But you're now three years into it. And there's been no level of consistency in his play on the positive side. There's blips. There's glimmers of hope here and there. Every quarterback over the last, I would say, probably 10 years that's been taken that high up in the draft have had as many, if not more, glimmers of hope. Even the busts, Jameis Mm -hmm. Winston, Marcus Mariota, uh, Trubisky in Chicago, they've all had those little moments here or there. It's about whether or not you can do it consistently. They have not. And Darnold has not. And if I'm sitting there with the second pick in the draft and I'm Joe Douglas, I- I'm I'm betting my career on this move. This is the move that's going to tell you whether or not you're going to make it to the end of this six-year contract and whether you're going to get another contract as the GM of the Jets. If you get this wrong, chances are you're not going to be back. No, you're right. Jordan Renan was on DCR this morning, and the guys asked him, 
as the Giants look to restructure some contracts, because as Mike Tannenbaum told us from a DCR yesterday that the Giants don't have a lot of cap space, so they got to play the restructuring game. As a matter of fact, they made a cut today, which we'll talk about in a second. So, Jordan, which players are the Giants going to restructure? Thing with Kevin Zeidler is a good player, probably their best offensive lineman, but when you look at him and you say, million, well, as I had another executive tell me, you can get Kevin Zeitler's play this year for half the price because that's what it's going to be. Let's say say they cut Kevin Zeitler. What's he then going to go get on the open market? And it's significantly less than that. It's probably going to be in like the 6, 7, maybe if he really crushes it, gets $8 million. So $12 million is a lot to pay for that this year. And I don't think the Giants are going to go in that direction. And they didn't. (laughs) Yeah. So he was right. They didn't. But what was interesting is Jordan also told the guys, Gordon, that there may be, even though they put the franchise tag for Leonard Williams, he still could be getting a long-term deal. That tag is as a placeholder. They can't justify having him on the on the payroll for close to $20 million, not this year. Now, the problem is that they backed themselves into a corner with the whole way that they went about this, and they clearly don't have the leverage here, right? I mean, Leonard Williams last year, they said $16 million. They said, you're worth $16 million off a of half a sack season. Well, now he had 11 and a half. You can say, well, what am I worth now after $11.5 million if I was worth $16 million to you last year? And you know what that number is going to be? It's going to be a very big number. But in order to be able to make moves this year and with the salary cap being what it is, they will have a long-term deal, and uh, they feel pretty confident, I believe, that, that they can get it done in the next week. Well, that's interesting. So, and, and Gordon, it's the right move because he proved to them last year that he's a guy that is a mainstay in that defense and that this is a steep price tag for them that they don't have a lot of movement and they need some other pieces. This is not a finished product. They're in the rebuild as well. And so, okay. It's just crazy to me that they are this strapped for cash, given they have a quarterback on a rookie deal, mm-hmm. and it's not like they're loaded with talent. They're, I mean, where is the – I don't know where – I'd have to look at where the money is going because it doesn't seem like – I mean, right, they, have, they, they signed some guys last year in free agency for the defense. I guess Bradbury was probably the most expensive. Mm-hmm. They, they paid Nate Solder, which was obviously a mistake. They've, they've made some other contracts that have been mistakes. But it's just kind of hard to believe that they're this team that has won 15 games over three years, have a quarterback on a rookie deal, and they're this strapped for cash. And here's something else that you will wonder about believing. Dave Gettleman, who Gordon says he doesn't believe in needing to win during the rookie contract. Listen. Yeah, we're doing windows. I, I don't, you know, Microsoft Windows is nice, but I, I'm not a window theory guy. I'm, I'm just not. I never have been. I never will be. So we're going to keep move, working the process, keep getting better, and we'll win when, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Keep getting uh, better. <laughs> we'll win when <sighs> boy, we get there. Oh boy, let me, let, Dave, let me know when you get there. And see, here's the thing for me. When you have quarterback, look, if you're sure of the quarterback, if this quarterback, if Daniel Jones was just great after the first two years and you know this is your quarterback, you don't have to worry about winning during the rookie contract because you know you're going to extend him. You know you're going to pay him. But if you're not sure, Gordon, you need to win during that rookie contract while you got him here before you have to make that decision. You don't, in other words, they don't want to be in the same position that the Jets are in trying to figure out in year four if really, even though they say they're still all in on Daniel Jones, they don't want to be in that position in year four wondering, is he our guy? 
Yeah, uh, and it's just, you know, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about yesterday about fake it until you make it. That certainly seems like the policy of the New York Giants when it comes to Daniel Jones. Now, look, I don't, I, the year one with Daniel Jones, I was impressed. I thought that he, you know, was, was, was far better than advertised for me. Last year was a massive step backwards, and that's even with kind of correcting the turnover issue. So, uh, you know, it, it, again, it just kind of feels like, they're going to paint this rosy picture, whether it's based in reality or not. Yeah, it's interesting. 1-800-919-3776. Off to the phones we go. Mo is in Queens. Hey, Mo, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Uncle Larry Gordon. How you guys doing, man? Hey, Mo. Uh, yeah, just real quick before I get to the Jets. Uh, with the Giants, I feel like they should stay with Daniel Jones. I mean, if you guys didn't have a problem with Eli Manning, you guys should have a problem with Daniel Jones. I feel like he's a prototype of Eli Manning, but with better legs so you just got to give him time you got to understand his point he has no offensive line to help him out and then he has no weapon to go to and i guess to my but point mo, but mo who, whose fault is that i mean like the fact that he has no weapons to throw to in the offensive doesn't that come back on gettleman i mean he's been here long enough to fix something of course but you know those those uh those players i signed like nate solder didn't work out and stuff right. so those mistakes are right there in front of you. So that's why he doesn't have an O-line or weapons or even money to spend for weapons. But going to the Jets, uh, I, I called uh, Uncle Larry even before the national championship game. I didn't watch the field, and now I'm hearing about Zach Wilson. Look, I know it's, uh, Sam's sports here. I believe in Sam. I mean, if he was coming out this year in draft, I feel like he's a second clear-cut quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence, obviously. But he's never three-year four. This is going to be a sport year. Never had a real coach. Never had a real O-line to protect him. Always scrambling. And even if you watch his highlights in USC, I used to watch him. I'm a big fan of Sam. He used to move with his feet and throw. We never even seen that in those three years with him. He never had a chance. Never had anybody to throw the ball to. I'm going to hang up and listen. Thank you for the time, guys. All right, Mo. Thanks for checking in. Here's the thing I'll say. And it's really weird Gordon, because you could argue that Sam played better as a rookie than he's played ever since. Played better as a rookie, played better under the defensive head coach where everybody says, oh, you know, you need an offensive guy. You need, you know, that's what you need. He played better then. And I think what happened was once people get tape on you, and, and players really don't get this, Gordon. Once people get tape on you and they understand what your, uh, the, the things that you struggle with are, they will make your life miserable. You really have to be coached up and coached up and coached up and some things on your own that you have to do to make sure that you improve yourself and take that next step. My biggest thing with Sam Darnold is this. He can't control the offensive line. He can't control the wide receivers. He can't control that. Gordon, you, as you and Mo were talking about with Daniel Jones. But there's things as a quarterback that you can control. You can control, and I say this all the time, you can control not – predetermining where you're going to throw. You can see, okay, you know what? I'm not sure I can get this pass in there. Let me run and make it instead of second and 12 or turning the football over. Guess what? It's third and five, and now I'm still helping my team move forward. These are the little things that you can do, and he does not do that consistently. That's my issue with him. Yeah, and and look, I mean, there's a reason why the quarterback position is so important. It's more important. That he, that's supposed to elevate all the other things around the team. It's not supposed to be the reverse of that. It's not supposed to be that the, the offensive line and the weapons and the running back, all these things are there just to solely support the quarterback. The quarterback has to do some of the heavy lifting there as well. And I think, you know what, Mark Sanchez actually had one of the best things said on this 
when he was on with, I think it was Get Up last week, when he said, you know what, they have to move on from Sam because next year, assuming there's fans in the stands, even a limited number of fans in the stands, they go two series of three and out. What do you think the reaction is going to be if you pass on the quarterback at two? Now, I don't think that that's the only reason why you decide to move on from him, but I think that that has to – it's just everybody needs a fresh start. And, like, for all the people, well, you know, he's never had an offensive line. Do you think the offensive line is going to all of a sudden be fixed by the start of next season? Like, it's still going to be a work in progress. Like, the Giants' offensive line took, I thought, a step forward this past year, mostly because of where it was. But even then, is it fixed? No. So it takes a while. It takes years to kind of get that mix right. So to think that, you know, you're just going to have this one-off season and then you're going to have enough weapons and enough support for Darnold to finally get the answer, you're still, by the end of next year, if you keep them, you're probably still going to have a lot of the same questions. And as you mentioned, not have the draft spot, hopefully, where you could improve that spot, where you're either going to have to trade him and try to get a young, a veteran quarterback and restart that clock again and trying to find your franchise quarterback. It's, it's, it's a tough situation, all right? And, and you know what? Are we being overly hard on Donald? Are we being overly hard on Daniel Jones? Probably, because that's the most important position on the football team is your quarterback. Yeah, we know about the, 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 you know, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball in the trenches. We know the offensive line and defensive lines are important. Come on, no, we, we understand that. But quarterbacks, why do they get paid the big money? Because they're really, they are what make your team go. And so right now you're in a situation where Daniel Jones, this is a big year for him. That's what we're saying. This is a big year for him. He has to take a major step. And yeah, look, I thought Jason Garrett did a decent job play calling between the 20s. But Gordon, when they got in the red zone, they stopped. Like they ran out of gas game after game after game. Yeah, and he's you know he has that reputation as being a conservative play caller, although mm-hmm. I do give him a little bit of a pass with the Giants because I think that they were trying to cover up for the, the, the tendency of Jones to turn the football over. So, you know, I think that that was part of what was, you know, we've driven all this way. We don't want to turn the football over here. I think it was in Jones's head a little bit as well. So I think that that kind of played into some of the play calling as well because it was like at one point it was like you can't move on with this guy even now if he's going to turn the football over every single week. Now he did cut down on that po- that problem, um, but I mean the like if I told Giant fans before last year that Daniel Jones was going to have a season like he had, do you think any of them would have said, "Yep, I'll sign for that"? No, of no. course not. No. You'd like to have a $15 million cap number every year. That's the goal. Once you start restructuring and renegotiating, you usually back-end load them. What you're doing is you're kicking the can. So it depends upon, you know, how much pain you want to, go, you want to deal with. So that's really what it is. Some teams are, don't have any, you know, they philosophically, they just say the heck with it, and they, they restructure, and some people don't, and it's a philosophical conversation but it, it's not a it's not a good place to get to to consist constantly restructure renegotiate but that's the position you're in <laughs> right <Yeah>. now <laughs> it's cra- i mean it's crazy that they're you know they're they're touting it seems like the fact well you know the offensive line was so much better they just cut their best offensive lineman because he's making too much money because they need that money to be able to fix the other aspects of the team. Like even one of the, the, the good moves that they got in bringing in Zeitler 
Mm-hmm. Um, now they're they're likely moving on from him, cutting him so that they can get uh, somebody in there at a lower salary because they need that money else elsewhere. He didn't play bad last year for them. No. Bro. I mean, even Jordan said that he thinks that he's probably their best offense. Now, look, you're, you're hoping that Andrew Thomas is going to be the best right. offensive lineman because that's the guy that you took. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the uh, it, it was a better offensive line last year. But let's not uh, let's not start, you know, tooting our own horn that it was somehow <laughs> fixed. You know, I tell you something. He wouldn't be a bad he wouldn't be bad for him to not have to, you know, leave the state. Leave the state, yeah. He, he could go trade trade his blue and white in for green and uh, green and white. Yeah. And he that could. was one thing that uh that Gase never focused on even in his time in Miami. They never he never paid guards any money. Mm-hmm. Uh he always cheaped out there and it always always cost them. Uh but yeah, the the Jets could uh, certainly, you know, a lot of talk about Joe Thune, but um you know, Zeitler would not be a bad little fix there for a couple of years if you can get him at the right price. Hey, listen, you need both. <laughs> right. Yeah. You do. You need both. And then you can draft and then you start to draft O line for depth. You know, and that's how you and that's how you get better and start to build that O line. So, you know, and I understand they've got to you know, they've got some other free agent needs. They need a free agent corner, they need uh safety, they need they need it all. They, they need, need it all. Uh, pass they're rusher. Go, they're they need going it. up and down every aisle of the supermarket. <laughs> Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing tonight? Buddha. Hey, listen, um, I have a quick point on um, Jets and then a boxing point. But before that, I wanted to provide information for any of the listeners, anybody out there who's looking for employment. You know, um, they have all these pop-up vaccine sites, and they, you know, they're filling 2,000 positions. They're operational and administrative. You don't have to have any healthcare experience. All you need to do is go on nyc.gov backslash vaccine jobs. And, I mean, they range from filling out paperwork to setting up, you know, um, like garbages and different things like that on jobs. Not even, you don't need a construction, you don't need your OSHA. And, you know, they, these jobs have to be sourced to uh, New York City residents. So they sent, they sent that to me today. I had a couple of people apply. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to provide that information for anybody who needs it. Stuff, I know it's tough out here right now. Appreciate you, know? you Buddha. Appreciate it. Right. Oh, we lost him. Oh, we lost right. him? Oh, he didn't yeah. make his boxing point. Yeah, he didn't make his boxing point. Or his jet point either. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe yeah. we'll get him back. Yeah, we'll get him back. JP's in Brooklyn. Hey, JP, you're next on 98.7. Oh, legend. How you doing? That last caller was dope. You know, you need to hook me over that guy, you know, because I got a bunch of kids, you know, who definitely needs employment. You need to, you know, get me hooked up with that guy. But, you know, I called you about um, – I called you about the Giants and the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, now, look, I've been telling you this for years, okay? Sam Darnold, leave him alone, okay? He's 10 times better than uh, Daniel Jones, okay? And another question, uh, last what? question, I'm going to hang up. Ba- last I'll, question, I'm going to hang up. What area Why is it, my last point, why is it black quarterbacks get treated different from the white quarterbacks? You know, white quarterbacks, they, they get they get passes. They get they give them leeway, they give them all of the time in the world to get their act together. Black quarterbacks We're talking about getting rid of Darnold after three years. What are you talking about? How about uh, how about uh, Washington? In the middle of the He was season, terrible. This guy just, I know he was terrible. Daniel Jones <laughs> was terrible too. 
Daniel Jones is like light years ahead of where uh, Haskins was. He's not the same. You know no. what, JP? This is JP. Thanks for the phone call. There are some instances where you can say, hey, how come this quarterback was African-American who, who maybe didn't get the same shot? But right. that situation that no. you compare Haskins, Haskins, unfortunately, was awful. And you know what? I thought Gordon coming out of school, I thought he was going to be better. And, I did. And, and also in Haskins, uh, to his, uh, you know, not in his favor, was he was a knucklehead. I mean, Ron Rivera walked in like two seconds and was like, this guy's not the guy. Like, yeah. he was a high draft pick, and they basically they could, they just cut him because yeah. he was, you know, he's out of the strip club when he's, you know, supposed to be, you know, the whole COVID situation and everything else. Yeah. He was he a knucklehead. He had and, he, and he wasn't good on the field. You, you know, you'll put up with one or the other. You're not going to put up with both. Now, if you're if now JP, if you're saying to me, okay, people try to make Lamar Jackson not a quarterback, absolutely, and make that's him a better be a argument, wide receiver or of something course. like that. Yes, I'm with you a thousand percent. But on the field, Haskins is not a good example of that. You you can't use Haskins in that time. Now, listen, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, now that you know, now that he's gone off from Washington and he's in Pittsburgh, you know, he'll get to learn behind Ben Roethlisberger, and maybe he'll get a chance understanding that okay. Guess what? You got to work. <laughs> you got all that yeah. time you were all that time you weren't studying video and film or, to get better, and you're hanging out. That's not what gets it done, my friend. What you have to do is work, and so hopefully he'll take advantage of this second chance because he didn't have to get this second chance either. Yeah, and it's not a second chance; it's a last chance, right? Yeah, I mean, it could if, be. He, if yeah. he flames out in Pittsburgh, you know they're not. You know, at least in Washington, you could, from the outside, say, "Oh, you know what? That Washington, the, the front office, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on there behind the scenes." And and Snyder's not a great owner. If he goes to Pittsburgh and can't succeed, well, that's on you, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Buddha, he's back. Buddha, we lost you. Welcome back. Hey. Hey, sorry about that. I'm up here in Rockland. Like, he walked to one side of his place. <laughs> Reception console. <laughs> Listen, um, that Haskins is don't die on that hill, brother. No, <laughs> that's, no. that's not the up. argument to make. Yeah, right. <laughs> nope. It's not the guy to bring up. Um, listen, you know, all you, anybody who's thinking about this, I'm still hearing the Sam Donald stuff. I mean, give it up, man. But listen, the Jets are telling you what they're doing. They're giving away some prize with a helmet, and it's signed by the coach. <laughs> Booty, you're right. You're right. That's a great point. Oh my God, I can't with these guys. I mean, I know how hard it is to be a Jets fan. I think we all just punch drunk. It's just, it's been bad, man. But I just called you about boxing. There's two fights that are possibly are coming up. That's really exciting. You know, obviously Fury and Joshua. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with Joshua, you know, great body, um, looks like the perfect specimen. But you worry about his chin yeah. up against the volume of punches you get from a Fury, plus that size and that weight leaning on him, you know. Yep. I didn't yep. even think that Joshua could, could beat um, Wilder. So, you know, that, I, 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 you know listen, I, get, I, get, I commend him for taking a fight. You know, yeah. that's old school. Yeah. We're going to try to unify these belts. But I and think the reach, gonna gonna be, the, the reach is going to be a major problem for him, Buddha. And and the size and the lean and the weight. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. And then let's be honest, Fury has a chin. Yes, you know, Joshua. He listen, does. Joshua doesn't have a chin. It, it, you know, even the Klitschko fight, he went down. He won the fight. He went down that fight. And I mean, come on, that loss of Ruiz. I mean, you know, you ever see Ruiz's body? I mean, come on, you you can't lose a fight to that guy. But anyway, the better fight that I'm looking at, really, and it's not even just maybe not better, but the more interesting fight, the one I'm more eager to see. Is you know Canelo versus this guy um, Benavides? 
You know, mm. hopefully Benavides is laid off that yayo, you know, because that was his issue before. You know, he he cut up Darrell real bad in that last fight. You know, um, but the whole thing is like with Benavides, he's one of them guys. You know, he comes forward. You know, and you know he, he lets his hands go. You know, like listen, I'm totally respect him. He lets his hands go. He comes forward. He has good defense to the head with his hands, not necessarily so much with the movement, but like he eats a lot of body shots. And um, you know, Canelo is not the kind of guy you want to be eating body shots with. And then even if Benavides comes forward like he likes to do and throws the high volume punches, you know, you saw with those two Triple G fights. You know, listen, Canelo has a chin and he's expanded his game from just being a puncher. Yeah. You know, his volume is picked up. But, you know, those are the two fights I was looking forward to. That's pretty much all I got for the night, guys. All right, Buddha. Thanks for checking in. And thanks I mean, for we that don't have dates again. on those fights yet, though, right? No, I mean, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll, I guess they're waiting have... for the whole situation to kind of, yeah, right, you tech it sales and everything else to open back up before you're going to put on something like that. We, they would love to have just a couple of people around, but, uh, you know, because most of their money is going to be on the pay-per-view anyway. But they yeah, would love no. to have just a couple of folks around there. Right, make, right around the ring, the you know. Yeah. Those, those seats, are, those, those can yeah. go for a couple of bucks. Yeah, we, that, that's, all, that's all we want. We don't care about the other seats. Just the ones right around ringside. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we can fill those, we're good. <laughs> uh, let's go to Jacob in Rockaway. Hey, Jake, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how's it going? What's up, Jacob? I have two questions about Dak Prescott's contract. Okay, the first one is: Do you, I, do you think he's well? His money's well deserved, or he got Jerry Jones overpaid him a little bit? And my second question is: Do you think his contract will affect other quarterbacks like Josh Allen when his contract comes up? That the Bills will have to pay a lot of money to keep him. All right, Jacob. Thanks for checking in. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, the Allen contract is. I mean, they kind of all feed off each other, right? I yep. mean. Uh, I think in terms of you know wh- what he was due or what he is owed, if, if the Cowboys had handled the situation, had a little bit more foresight a couple of years ago, they would never have been in this situation, and they ended up paying a whole lot more, whereas if they could have read the situation a little bit more properly and read the market a little bit better, they would have saved themselves a whole lot of money. It is so interesting to watch the quarterback because every quarterback sets the bar, and every and the next quarterback wants to pass it, right? And so, yeah, you know, Josh Allen's looking. Let's see, Patrick Mahomes got this, and mm-hmm. that Prescott got that, and you know, so I want this. <laughs> so, absolutely, yeah. it's going and to if make he, a change. And if he puts up another year like he did this past year, right, like where he's in the MVP conversation, like seriously in the MVP conversation, yeah, I think he'll probably surpass. I wouldn't be surprised if he surpasses Dak's deal. Yeah, if, of course. And right. no, Jerry Jones didn't pay him too much. He, he ended up having to pay him this much because he didn't take care of him before. As Gordon right, mentioned, had right. he done it before, he could have taken it. But once again, and we talk about like quarterbacks, right? Once again, they weren't sure that he was the franchise quarterback for them. According to them, they weren't sure. Yep. And uh, <laughs> look, Dak, as they always say, that he bet on himself and that bet paid off well. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. You know, that's from the Darrell Rivas school of uh, yeah. contract. I saw management. one stat that he and this, just this contract, the guaranteed money in this contract is more than all the money Tony Romo made in his career in the NFL. But not. No, not the TV. That, he's going to have to get another deal for that one. That, that, one, that one's sizable. Sizable. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got money in the ashtray on that deal. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good deal for, for a guy who knows what's, what, the, what the play call is before the play call is being played. 
He's doing all right. Yeah, he's he's doing, doing all right. He's doing pretty good. Here is, um, <laughs> this is interesting. Uh, earlier today, I believe it was today. Here is, I lost my place here. Okay. I believe it was today. Dan Graziano on DPH or Canteen Rothenberg. Yes, that was this morning. Okay. And was talking about the Jets and where would they look to spend their money. And this is interesting. Here's what he had to say. I would look at the offensive line. I know they drafted Beckton in the first round last year, but he needs more guys on that line to help him. I, I think they'll be big players. And, you know, like Joe Tooney coming loose from uh, New England, going to be a, a guard that's going to get a lot of attention. Corey Lindsley, the center from uh, Green Bay, could be of interest to the Jets. I don't think Trent Williams is getting out of San Francisco. Uh, and if he does, he probably wants to go to sort of a, an instant contender type of place. But I think offensive line is a place to look. Yeah, offensive line. But see, here's my fear, Gordon, and, and see if you follow me on this. Here's my fear about the offensive line, okay? If guys are really good, you they normally don't. don't let them go. Right. <laughs> so they may be better than what you have, but are they good enough to be solid where they're going to make a difference as a group as an offensive line? Because let's face it, Joe Douglas has been struggling on free agent offensive linemen since he's been here. Yeah, and that is puzzling to me. And that's kind of the re- – like, remember when it was the – we finally found out the draft order and it was like, you know, the Jets should take Sewell at number two. And I said, you know, like, you already have a left tackle. It's one of the rare things you do have. I'd like to think that the guy who used to be a lineman would have the, an ability to find linemen – that maybe other people don't that couldn't find, or they, he he sees traits in people that other teams don't necessarily identify. That has not been the case so far. So, as much money as the Jets have to spend, I guess spending some money on offensive line, I can understand where that would make sense. But I kind of like to think that the the, the you know, the, the guy who played line, you know, lineman in the NFL would be able to find some undervalued pieces that he doesn't have to go and break the bank on that position. Yeah, you would think so. And once again, like I said, my concern is the fact that he has, you know, not done well in those spots. And also just that you don't really now sites I'm not saying he's all pro or anything like that. I mean, you right. saw that he improved. And this is a cap casualty. So maybe they'll be lucky. And as the guys that Graziano mentioned, because teams are not as far under the cap as the Jets and they have to let some folks go. Maybe they'll get more bargain for their buck. But I just get real concerned, Gordon, because you do whatever you can to keep your old lineman. Yeah, yeah, generally, right? They don't they don't usually make it to free agency that way. So um uh, you know, the fact that Thune was, uh, is, is a guy that's going to be out there, he's, he's going to get a lot of attention. I would just say this, you know, and it, it's kind of come up with, uh, you know, any free agent that's, that's kind of popped up, and maybe this will be me being negative Nancy. I would just say, like, you have to keep in mind, like, why, are the, why is this person going to come to the Jets? Mm. You know, in free agency, like, Kenny Galladay is a guy whose name has popped up, right? As a receiver, the Jets could certainly use a number one receiver. Yes. That would be a way to get one. Uh, and, you know, if you believe in him and you think that the injuries are, are just kind of fluky thing, yeah, sure, go spend some money on, on a big-time wide receiver. I'm just thinking to myself, with all the attention that guy's going to have, why would he go to the Jets? You know what I mean? Like, they don't, you don't even really know who the quarterback is going to be for sure. So, uh, look, they'll spend money in free agency. Guys will take their money. It's just that generally 
you know, if you're spending that much money in free agency, you're probably making a mistake to, to fill that many holes, and the Jets have a lot of holes to fill. This cannot be looked at as a one-year turnaround. I think it will be better after this year. Let's hope so, right? It couldn't be much mm-hmm. worse. Mm-hmm. But to, to fix all the things that the Jets need to fix in one offseason uh, is going to be difficult. I think you need to – Gordon, I think you have to pick your priorities. And I understand yeah. all of them are priorities. But yeah. <laughs> I think you need to – there's three, three spots you definitely need to upgrade. Receiver – O-line and D-line. Now, if, if you tell me, well, maybe we can get a D-lineman in the draft that we're looking at or a pass rusher there, then you go to your corner. But I think you have to choose what are the three most important parts that you have to look to do and then draft the rest. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can't put – Gordon, uh, look, Oakland tried to do this a couple of years ago. All right, where they try to buy it, Philly. I'm sorry, where they try to buy a championship with free agents and free agents free. It doesn't work. It doesn't work in the National Football League. It may work in Major League Baseball. It may work in in the NBA. It, it may even work on the NHL. It doesn't work in the National Football League. You, you have ha- to pick your spots. Yeah, you can't build the floor that way. You might no. be able to put like the the fancy roof on the thing, right? Like if you have a something already kind of established and you pick a couple of guys in free agency and and, and build your team, you know, put the finishing. T- Touches on it, uh, but yeah, the Jets are you know they're looking for walls right now. They're looking for the foundation, and uh, to to think that you are going to go find that and build it through free agency, I think is uh, is a bit of a pipe dream. Linda Cohn was on Greeny, and uh, she weighs in on the Sam Donald situation. I love Sam Donald. I think you should build around him. He's only 23 years old. I still think it's not fair. I'm concerned about your fan base if things go awry. I think Mark Sanchez said it to you a couple of weeks ago, and Mm -hmm. he's right. I mean, will the fan base turn on Sam Darnold the moment he throws his first three picks of the season? I just don't think it's fair for him. I think he has talent, and I think he might pull a Ryan Tannehill. He goes somewhere else, and he will be successful for another team. So why not Washington? And the 23 year, years of age, Gordon, is the sticking point, right? Because he's young enough that it's not like he's 26, 27, and you're like, he's done. He's 23, so it kind of lures you in. That's that other side of it. And she's right about Tannehill. Look what happened when he went to a different location. But once again, here's the point. He went to a different location. <laughs> I will just bring this point up. If, if Sam Darnold ever came even remotely close to the performance that Ryan Tannehill had before Adam Gase. Well, then maybe you might have some, some you know, uh, Tannehill threw for 4,000 yards. In his, th- in, in his third year playing with the Miami team that was, I think, either eight or eight or, or, or seven and nine, somewhere around there, he threw for 4,000 yards. He threw 27 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. That was in his third year. The following year, he threw for more yards than that. And I think he threw for 12, uh, 25 touchdowns and like 10 interceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, if Sam had shown that over the course of an entire season, well, then maybe you'd say, okay, look, you know what? This is a guy that we, we're going we're gonna to put our money on him. We're going to put our chips on him. I think at this point, everybody just needs a fresh start. And it's funny, I agree with what Linda says. But I came to a different – I think I came to the different, real, you know, the different uh, ending because she's saying, mm-hmm. you know, he's got talent. You know, he, he deserves better than this. Right. I, I agree with that. So I think he needs a fresh start someplace else. I don't think that you can bank on him all of a sudden turning things around uh, given the, the state of the Jets. This is ESPN New York Tonight.